good morning. Isn't this an amazing, rainy, cold morning, a nice change? Uh, we need the rain. I know it's kind of nasty getting out in it, but we certainly need the rain. God is nourishing the earth and providing for the renewal that's uh, going to come at the end of this winter season. I want to talk with you this morning about a story in the book of Ezekiel. Now recently, my son-in-law David called me and he goes, hey, I'm, I'm preaching on Ezekiel. I said, really? That's kind of a strange one to choose to preach on. And he said, yeah, I've been studying it. And so he sent me all his notes. And in the school where I teach, I've been going through all the prophets with the kids. And we recently covered Ezekiel. And this story's just kind of been on my mind. And I want to give you a little background, a little setting before we get into this story. Israel, you know, would serve God for a while, and then they would quit serving him for a while. And after Solomon dies, his son Rehoboam takes over, and they have the nation splits. It just divides into two different nations. And the northern kingdom is called Israel, and the southern kingdom is called Judah. And the northern kingdom, they, they started out bad. They started out with Jeroboam, who was an idolater, and, and the whole nation, all the kings were bad, and they just real quickly went off into uh, idolatry and a real bad way to live and a bad way to be. And so what happened was the Assyrians come down and capture them, and, and they disappeared pretty much. The ones that stay kind of take the name of their new capital city, Samaria and by the New Testament they become known as the Samaritans the rest of them though the people of Judah the southern kingdom sometimes they would have good kings and sometimes they would have bad kings and when they had bad kings they did bad stuff and when they had good kings there would be a revival and they would do better and but there was this long-standing long-term if I'm doing that or someone else is clicking. But this long-standing problem in Israel, and that is that no matter what the good king did, they would serve him for a little while, but they just, it didn't sink in. They didn't stay. And so God sent prophet after prophet after prophet to warn them, and you better repent. You better turn back to God. And if you will, the remnant will be saved. But if you don't, it's going to be bad. And finally, God brought in this nation called Babylon from across the Arabian desert. And Babylon was a vicious nation. And they came in, and before our story starts, this young man, or really at the beginning of this story, this young man named Ezekiel is 25 years old, and he's married, and he is living in Israel, and the time has come that God is bringing Babylon in, and they come and lay siege to Israel. And this young man is taken captive. And they take three waves of captives. The very first wave, they took Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, and Ezekiel. And they took them all the way back over to Babylon. Now, they took more than just those guys. But those guys that you've heard of were all in this group of, of people who were taken. And they were taken back over across the sea, and these people became servants. They became slaves. They became someone who had nothing other than commands and, and dictates from the people above them. 
The second siege, they went in and they destroyed Jerusalem and took a bunch more servants. And so the story of Ezekiel begins when he is 30 years old. Now, Ezekiel is a priest. And if you remember from reading in the book of Leviticus, a priest took office, so to speak, when they turned 30. That was the time that they began to serve officially in their capacity as a priest. In the very beginning of the book of Ezekiel, he's by this river, Chebar, and he's sitting there, and it's his 30th year, and he would have become a priest actively back in Jerusalem at this time. And he begins to see visions. And this guy saw some of the weirdest, strangest, most bizarre. He saw circles and circles and, I mean, just really strange, strange stuff that he saw and wrote down and talked to Israel about. But one of the strangest is in chapter 37, and it's what we will read today. The hand of the Lord came upon me and brought me out, of, out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley and it was full of bones. Now we're not told where this valley was. We're not told anything about this valley other than there's this huge valley and it's full of bones. Have you ever seen bones? Like animal bones or something laying out and how they get bleached and white and they just... This valley is filled with bones. I mean, it's packed full of bones just everywhere you go. And they're old bones. They've been there a long time. And then he caused me to pass by them all around. And behold, there were very many in the open valley. And indeed, they were very dry. So God makes him walk all through this valley. And he just walks around looking and all these skeletons, dismembered skeletons. I mean, the bones, once the body's gone and they're dry, the ligaments don't hook them together anymore. They're just all laying out there. There's thigh bones and foot bones and head bones and elbow bones and funny bones. and I mean, all the bones that a person would have. I know the funny bone's not really a bone. Look. But I mean, they're all scattered out. That would be strange, wouldn't it? God makes him walk through all this. And they're, they're just brittle and dry and dusty. And I mean, there is no life in them at all. And he said to me, Son of man, can these bones live? Well, now that's a funny question. You got all these dry, dead bones. And he says, Son of man, Ezekiel, can these bones live? Now the obvious answer is no. <laughs> They're dead. They're long gone. There's no way they can be alive. But Ezekiel trusts God, and he knows God. And he says, he says, Oh Lord God, you know. So I may not know. I think they're dead, but you're God. You know. And so God talks to Ezekiel and tells him something really strange. He said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, O oh, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord, of, Lord God to these bones. So he tells him, I want you to get up and I want you to preach to these dead bones. Now I have to be honest, there's been a couple of times when I've preached that I thought, you know, maybe I was kind of preaching to a bunch of dead bones because there was nothing. Can you imagine God telling me, listen, Michael, 
this morning, I want you to head out to the cemetery and I want you to look at all those graves and I want you to preach to them. Well, that's just silly. It just doesn't make any sense. But this guy, Ezekiel, is faithful and he's going to do what God tells him to do. So here's what he's to say. You're to, he says, Thus says the Lord God to these bones, I will cause breath to enter into you and you shall live. I will put sinews on you and bring flesh upon you, cover you with skin and put breath in you and you shall live. So he stands up and he talks to all these dead bones and he says, you're going to get up. You're going to have muscles and you're going to have skin and you're going to breathe and you're going to get up and you're going to be alive. And all these bones are just laying there. And then you shall know that I am the Lord. So he begins to prophesy. And I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I prophesied, there was a noise. And suddenly a rattling, and the bones came together, bone to bone. So he's up there preaching, and, and he hears this noise, and the bones start moving, and, and the thigh bone's connected to the knee bone, and the knee bone's connected to the ankle bone, and, or not ankle bone, but you get the, you get, and all the bones connect like the old song, them bones, them bones, them dry bones. Hear the word of the Lord. And they did. And they began to move and began to connect to one another. And as I looked, the sinews and the flesh came upon them, and skin covered them over but there was no breath in them. So these bones all joined together and there were muscles and, and ligaments and blood vessels and nerves and all that filled in and covered them and they became fully formed human people. But there's no breath. They're still dead. They're fully formed people now. But now instead of a valley full of bones, he's got a valley full of corpses. A valley full of dead people. So God tells him, prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath, thus says the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on these slain that they may live. So he said, come on, Ezekiel, prophesy. Tell the winds to come. Tell the breath to come into these dead people. And so he does. And he prophesied as he commanded me. And breath came into them, and they lived and stood upon their feet, an exceeding great army. And boom. Here's the army of the Lord. Now that's a weird story. That is a weird vision that he saw all these dead bones become corpses, become this great army. And we do know, learn from this story, he says, breathe breath into the life of these that were slain. So this was an army of some kind that had been wiped out. Maybe it was Judah's army that had been destroyed by the Babylonians. We don't know. But the dead were given life again. They came back to life. So in this story, you've got this progression from dry, dead bones to dead men to soldiers of God standing ready to fight. I think about that story and I go, okay. The first thing is it reminds me 
of what happened in the very beginning. You remember in the beginning in the creation? God created the heavens and the earth. There was water and dry land and plants and stars and moon and sun and, and all the birds and the fish and the animals. And then the Lord God formed man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and man became a living being. That's pretty much what happened here, isn't it? It was a recreation. A creation anew. A new beginning. A rebirth. A taking dead and making it alive again. Just like happened in the very beginning. And what we learn from this and from that other story is a little bit about us and our life. You know, <clears throat> I understand they've studied and studied this virus and they've learned a lot of things that are peripheral to the virus in the study. And there are lots of new, new treatments and things for other diseases that are coming out of this study. We learn a lot about life. <clears throat> but the truth is, life is given by God. It's not given by doctors. It's not given by the CDC or the World Health Organization. Life is given by God. And we learn in Scripture then that you take a body and you add breath to it and you get life. That's what God did. God formed a body out of dirt and then God breathed breath into it and when that body had breath, it was alive. And God took that living being and He said, Name all the animals. And he named the animals and there were no companions. So he caused him to sleep and took a rib and made a woman. And I think it's pretty obvious he breathed into her the breath of life too because she was alive. And then he planted a garden and he put this couple in the garden. And he said, take care of this place. It's yours. Eat the fruit of the trees. Enjoy. And he walked in the garden with his creation. He was with them in the garden, walking with. Can you imagine? You know, Carrie and I like to take a walk together. We'll do that and we'll walk. Even when I was really sick, back when I was sick in March, we would walk down to the corner store. We enjoy taking. Can you imagine taking a walk with God? You say, well, yeah, I've done that. You know, I've walked with God and talked. Yeah, but I mean, this was. This was different. This was God was there. And they were alive. And they had God. But he told them, he said, of all of this I'm giving you, there's one tree, and I don't want you to eat the fruit of that tree. Now, I have no idea what kind of tree is in this picture, but I chose it because I didn't know what it was. I didn't recognize it. He said, if you eat the fruit off of that tree in that day, you're going to die. Did they know what death was? Did they understand death? I don't know what they understood about it. I do know that the Bible describes death to us. I don't know if you've ever been with anyone as they died. Okay? But one of the things that happens when someone dies, their spirit leaves them. And when you look at someone who's dead, it's pretty obvious they're not there anymore. I mean, the body is there, but they aren't there. 
their spirit is left. James talks about this. In the book of James, chapter 2, he says, As the body apart from the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead. You see, when your spirit, which by the way the word spirit means breath, when your spirit, your breath, leaves your body, you're dead. So just like the body plus breath is life, the body minus breath is death. The body minus your spirit is death. Now, many of you know, probably all of you know, my mom was in the hospital with COVID. And uh, she was in real bad shape. And we did, I, I shouldn't say we, I don't know what the rest of the family thought. I didn't think mom was going to make it. But she did. And she's home and she's doing good. And she and dad are practicing her balance moves, almost like dancing in the living room together now. I mean, it's amazing. She's mom and she's here and she didn't die. And we praise God for that. But I tell you what, I'm not foolish enough to think that means she won't die. She's going to die. Not from the COVID this time. But she's going to die. And my dad's going to die. And I'm going to die. And you're going to die. Unless God comes back. This physical death. You can go to every doctor in the world and they can't keep you alive forever. Because your spirit is going to leave your body. That's going to happen to you and to me. But you know, that death, as tra tragic as it is and as hard as it is, for Christians we understand that we sorrow but not as those who have no hope. That even though there's a physical death here, there's a life that's beyond this life here on earth. But there's also a death that's beyond the physical death here, and that's a spiritual death. And you see, in a spiritual death, you've got you separated from God. Because you see, the key thing in death, in the Bible, when you study death in the Bible, from God's perspective, death is a separation. That's what it is. It's a separation. Physical death is a separation of your spirit from your body. Spiritual death is a separation of you or me from God. Okay? The Bible talks about that, this separation. In Isaiah 59, he says, But your iniquities have separated you from your God, and your sins have hidden His face from you, so that He will not hear. I want you to know if you're spiritually dead, you're in the valley of dry bones. You're the dead dry bones. If you're spiritually dead. Have you ever had that emptiness, that dryness in your bones spiritually? David talked about that when he committed his sin with Bathsheba, you remember? And he talked about how his bones... He could feel his guilt and the weight just deep within him. His, the hand of God was on him. And there was a roaring in his bones, he said. He was dead. He was dry. He was empty. You know, some people live their lives that way. Do you remember when spiritually you just had nothing? Do you remember that? Oh, you were functioning here in this world and you were alive and you were doing, but do you remember when you were empty? 
when you had nothing? The Bible has a lot to say about this condition. The Bible says, God who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us even when we were dead in trespasses. You see, that's the way spiritual death happens. Spiritual death, spiritual separation from God. That's what happened in the Garden of Eden. Adam and Eve sinned and guess what? No longer do they walk in the garden with God. Nope, you're out. They were out of the garden because they sinned. They were separated from God. Your iniquities, your sin, your unrighteousness, your trespasses separate between you and God. And it doesn't matter what's culturally right or not. It doesn't matter what's acceptable in this world. What matters is whether or not you are walking with God. And if you're not, he says you are dead in trespasses. You're just as dead as those dry bones in that valley were dead. He says, and you who were dead in trespasses and sins in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the works in the sons of disobedience among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind. He's, he's describing being dead in sin right here. He says, you fulfill the lust of your flesh and the desires of your flesh. You're doing what you want to do and you're following your dreams and you're following your desires and you're trying to fulfill yourself from this world and it looks like all kinds of things. It looks like drug and alcohol addiction. It looks like immorality. It looks like dishonesty. And if those characterize your life, you're walking in the valley of dry bones. You're not walking with God. You know, the reason you're at church today is not to avoid physical death, is it? That's not why you came here. You're not going to avoid physical death. You come here because of the warning in Scripture about spiritual death. You come here because you know what it's like to be dead spiritually, and you don't want to be dead. You want to be alive. You want to be alive with God. You want to have flesh put on your spiritual body. And that's why Jesus, when He talked about this, he said to he who has ears, let him hear. Jesus said that over and over and over. These dry bones laying out in that, in that field, that valley, they had to hear. You know, some people won't listen. Some people won't hear. You ever known anyone like that? You try to talk to them, and they don't want to hear it. It doesn't matter what you say, there's a wall up. And they can't. And my grandparents used to say, talking to you is just like talking to that fence post. You know what that means is you're not hearing a word I'm saying. That's what Jesus was saying. You got ears to hear. Listen. Listen to what God is saying. How shall they call on him in whom they've not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they've not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? You can't believe, and it's belief that's going to bring you to God. You can't believe if you don't hear, if you won't listen. And I said, well, you know, I'm just more interested in the office than I am interested, and that could either be work or the sitcom, right? I'm more interested in the office than I am in spiritual things. 
I'm more interested in video games than I am in... I'm more interested in woodworking or hunting or gardening than I am in spiritual... I'm just more interested in that stuff. You need to listen anyway. You need to hear. Say, yeah, but I've got all this stuff pressing on me. I mean, I've got urgent stuff going on. I don't have time. I don't have time for all that stuff. I got it. I know. And if you continue not having time and you continue to be too busy to listen, you continue to make up your mind before you hear, you'll stay in the valley of dry bones and it'll be dry bones. There won't be any life. There won't be any belief. And I'm going to tell you something else that goes with that. Those of us who are alive and who do know, we need to be talking so people can hear. We need to be prophesying to the dead bones around us. You got friends that aren't Christians? They're dead. Wouldn't you do something if you could save their life? I mean, if they were coded in front of you, I've learned that word from Jericho being a nurse, coded. means you're dead, okay? If they're laying there dead in front of you and you could do CPR, wouldn't you be doing that? Yes, you'd be doing that. You'd be trying to save their physical life. We need to be trying to save their spiritual life. We need to share that message with people. Thus says the Lord God, He who hears, let him hear. And he who refuses, let him refuse. For they are a rebellious house. You know who said that? Ezekiel. <laughs> and you know who he was talking about? Israel. Who were that whole valley of dead bones. You know, when you go read that whole thing, he's talking about Israel there. And they were dead bones. They were... They lost their nation. They were slaves. They had nothing. In fact, they used those words, we're dead bones. And God's saying, can they live again? And yes, He was going to restore them to their place, to their land. He was going to bring them back to life as a nation. But God says this, if you're going to hear, hear. If you're going to refuse, refuse. But kind of like, Joshua told the people, if the Lord's God, serve Him. And if He's not, then serve somebody else. Get off the fence. Get off the fence and get involved in what's going on. I was talking to a lady at work a couple of days ago. Well, it's been probably a week ago. But anyway, she was worried about the condition of America. And she said, you know, I, I, I don't know what's coming on. You know, I think, I think we got this one world government coming. And I don't, I don't, what do you think about Do you think this is the book of Revelation happening right now? And, and she was real concerned about all this. And I said, you know, <clears throat> there really may be some persecution in America. I said, but think about it. If, if, if you're our children, I said, can you imagine living in a time where you knew if somebody showed up to worship God, they were a true believer? And we got churches in America filled with people who aren't believers. That's a burden. That's a real burden. To know that the people who worship with you, and I believe we've got that here, people who worship with us are true believers. I'm telling you, churches in America are filled with people who aren't. That's just what they do. What a blessing that is. And you know what? If real persecution comes, that's going to be a push from God for a lot of people to get off the fence. You've got to get off the fence. You can't claim both. You can't claim you're a Christian and live in grotesque immorality and expect that to be acceptable. Got to get off the fence. He says this, 
They refuse to pay attention and turn a stubborn shoulder and stop their ears that they may not hear. You know the old, somebody starts to say something, you go, ah, la, 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 la. That's what these people are doing. They didn't want to hear. They didn't want to know. That's a pretty good description, isn't it? Jesus said this in, Jer- in Matthew 11. He said, O Jerusalem, how often I wanted to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, but you were not willing. you got a choice. You can be willing. You can choose to be that, or you can choose not to. Have you had dryness in your bones spiritually? Have you been empty? Choose to hear. Choose to listen. Choose to do the things that aren't what you're interested in right now and get interested in those things. You can do that. Or you can choose to not be willing and you can choose to continue the path that you've been on. Ephesians 2.1, it says, And you He made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins. And this is that miracle. Jesus called it being born again. You died You were dead and God brought you back to life. He will do that. God brings the dead to life again. God changes people. He changes their heart. In Ezekiel, he said, I'll take your old heart of stone and I'll give you a heart of flesh. He said, I'll change you. I'll make you alive. And you won't be in that valley of dry bones any longer spiritually but God who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us even when we were dead in trespasses made us alive together with Christ God will make you alive together with Christ yes dead bones can live and yes if you're in that valley of dry bones in your life spiritually God will make you alive if you'll hear and you'll heed and you'll come back to Him. We were buried with Him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. You know, Matt loves the shadows and the the types and the anti-types. I'm going to tell you, Ezekiel's dead bones is a shadow of this. you got dead people You're buried with Him by baptism into death and you are raised to walk in a new life. That old man of sin is put to death and he's gone and that dead man spiritually is raised to be alive today. And he's a part of the army of God. And it's a mighty army. Life from the dead. When you're raised from baptism, you're... Physically, you're dunked in water and you're lifted up. And the same thing spiritually happens. That you are lifted up. You're raised out of the grave. You are not a dead person anymore. You're alive and standing with God as a member of His army. And you being dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, He has made alive together with Him, having forgiven you all trespasses. You've been forgiven of all those things that caused death, and now you're alive. Everything you did is gone. It's forgiven. You're a new creature, he says in 2 Corinthians. All things are done away. You're a new creation. And you are now alive even though you had been dead. For it is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. 
It is the Spirit, the breath of God, the Spirit of God that gives life. Physically, it's the breath of God that gives physical life, and spiritually, it's the Spirit of God that gives spiritual life. And that's why when the Apostle Peter stood up on the day of Pentecost and he preached to those people and he said, Whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And they said, What shall we do? The Apostle Peter said this, Repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission, which is forgiveness of sin, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. You will be made alive. You who were dead, you who were empty, you who were dry, you who were dust, can and will be made alive. And the answer of Jesus to the prophetic question that was asked so many years ago, can these dead bones, can these bones live? The answer is yes, you can live. You can absolutely live. If you'll hear, if you'll believe, if you will turn away from your life in that dead valley and you'll be baptized into Christ, He'll put His Spirit in you and you'll be alive. You won't be dead any longer. And instead of being a part of that big pile of bones, you will be a part of that mighty army that is now standing at the ready standing to fight for the kingdom of God against spiritual wickedness and principalities and powers and the evil that's in this world and we'll stand up for God. And we will fight in this army a battle that's already been won following our Savior who's the commander who's already won the battle. So my message to you this morning is this. If you're dead and dry, you need to turn back to God. If you've never had the Spirit of God in you, then you, you can't, those bones couldn't come back to life by themselves, and you can't come to spiritual life by yourself. You can't do it. You can't reason yourself into spiritual life. You can't think yourself into spiritual life. You can't good deed yourself into being spiritually alive. You can't do that. God has to do that. And if you believingly and repentantly will be baptized into Jesus Christ, He will give you His Holy Spirit and He will make you alive spiritually. Not that there won't be periods of dryness. I know in my life there have been periods of dryness. Periods of time when I wasn't out there actively fighting with the soldiers, but I was pursuing other interests and I was distracted there may be periods of dryness that you've gone through yourself. But you don't have to stay there. You can hear. You can turn. Listen. Be made alive. He will cause breath to enter you and you will live. Are you right with God? Are you alive? Or are you dead? If you're alive, praise God. Hallelujah. Let's get to work and get to fighting. If you're not alive... If you're the dry bones or you're the empty flesh with no spirit in you, come to God. Hear Him. Listen to Him. There are people who will help you, who will teach you God's Word. You can be alive spiritually. 
If there's any way we can assist you, we offer a song of invitation. Please come to the front. Or if you're watching on Facebook, why talk to somebody spiritually who can help you at this time as we stand and sing.